Welcome back, ladies. This is episode 27. Like, what? Crazy, right? So today we're going to take the time to talk about this new transition in my life, which is me becoming an author and a published author at that. Like, you guys, I wrote a book. And I'm going to be fully open and transparent with you. This book has been done for months now. I wrote this book when I got the idea for it in a time where God was speaking to me super clear and I was like hearing downloads and relations and all the things. And I was like, I need to share this. Like, this is good stuff. There is healing in here because it healed me, right? And so when I got the revelation to write this book, I pieced together what God had shown me and I wrote it in like a matter of days. I sent it to my friends and I'm like, guys, like I wrote a book. They're like, in four days? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah, like I wrote a book. And then as as a couple weeks went by, I would say for a full month, I kept adding sections and then tur- it turned into a full-blown book. So it was in my computer for months before I actually released it. Okay. So lesson one, when God tells you to do something, take the action and see it through. We are to be good stewards. In the Bible, it says that. And when God gives you an idea, your job is to steward over it. When God gives you a gift, your job is to steward over it. When God gives you money or a blessing or abundance in any area of your life, not just material, we are to be good stewards of it. And so lesson number one, don't be like me and procrastinate what God tells you because of fear or because of ADHD shutdown where you feel like that sense of overwhelm where you feel like you have so much to do and then you shut down. I literally do that all the time. So like, hey, if you're a therapist, if you're a therapist, hit me up. I could use your help with trying to get myself out of paralyzation from overwhelm. And honestly, that's what it was. And then I kind of put it to the side and then I was working on all the other things for her promise circle as we were growing and I just put it to the side. And so then a few months goes by and then it's back on my heart, the book. The book. SJR loves to say that in our sermons. If God write a book, write a book. And it's like, all right, I wrote the book. Okay, all right, get it out. I got it. So then I began the process of getting a proofreader, copywriter to look over it and make corrections. And I found a Christian proofreader. She's amazing and did a great job. I looked it over and then put it to the side again because I'm like, wow, good job, Mick. Accomplishment. A few more months goes by and I get a word from one of my favorite pastors that I listen to from a local church around here. And they were like, there's something you're putting off. Um, And I was like, wow, conviction's so fun. So I signed up for Amazon Publisher. I put it through there. Also, shameless plug, if you have an idea for a book, we offer one-on-one coaching to help you get through the process, to help you write, to help you upload it, to help you have a published full book. And so your girl published the book. She uploaded it. She waited the seven to 10 days and they sent the prototype, which is why the not resale sign is on it. But here it is, the finished product. And I just wanted to speak a little bit about what inspired the book. So it's super cute. You've got pages to write. It's also full of information. It's full of prayers. It's full of knowledge that God dropped into me in times where I was like, I don't want to hear this. And so I pray that this blesses and heals people in a way that I have also been blessed and healed. So 
let's talk, sis. Let's have a talk. I want to be super transparent with you so you can understand where I'm coming from in this book. One, I didn't really feel qualified to help single people or women in general before I was even called to do her promise circle. And so God had to do that work. Still battling it here and there. We all handle imposter syndrome. But I'm here to talk someone into doing the thing God told them to do, despite the fear. That's never going to go fully away. But you can turn that voice down and let God's voice and your confidence in him be the stronger voice. With that being said, I want you to know a little bit about me. So from a young age, I was a PK child. I grew up in church two or three times a week. Okay, my grandma was a pastor. My mom was on her way there. We were always attending church until my grandmother started her own. And before she did that, she was having Bible studies in the home. She was having prayer retreats in her home. She was always cooking and helping and volunteering. She was sold out to God. She was a beautiful person. She had the best heart. Um, and I always wanted to stay at her house because one, who doesn't want grandma's cooking all the time? Two, my mom worked all the time. And three, she let me do what I wanted to do. My mom. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm not. And so I feel like in the time that I spent with my grandmother, I would sit into the adult Bible studies. I was always excited to go to church. I was in all the plays. I was in children's church. I was at vacation Bible school. You know, I lived the whole life. And even when I would go to my friends' houses, we were going to church, right? They couldn't stay unless they were going to church with us. And so I think it's a beautiful thing that when I recommitted my life to God, that all that, that I felt like was a waste over the time that I spent away from him came back flooding rushing. All the stories I had learned in Bible study, all the breakdowns my grandma did for people, all the words she had given, they all just came. It's like I just was renewed in knowledge of the word. And so it wasn't like I had to start over and relearn everything. I had the basic foundation. And then from there, when I would read the word, I would get new revelations, new knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. But let's talk about the time between church girl and now. So when I was about 19 years old, my grandmother passed away and she had had ovarian cancer. And so when I went away to school, I always believed like God's going to clearly heal her. I've seen her pray over people. I've seen her be a devout Christian her whole life. God is going to heal her. And so I did not mentally prepare for losing her. I trusted that God was going to do what they said that he was going to do because he always had come through. And so when she passed away, me and God had. And I talk about this in Barbagine's podcast, uh, my testimony. And so from that day forward, I was one upset because I'm like, God, you could have warned me. I could have spent more time with her. I wasn't even concerned or worried. And I didn't prepare myself fully. And two, like, what the heck? Like, what's the point of even being a Christian if, like, this is what you do? Like, you let her suffer. Like, she was in pain. Like, you let her go, right? And these are real-life questions that we have. I'm sure I'm not the only person where you feel like God has disappointed you, where you feel like God has let you down at a time in your life. God did not do what you planned for him to do. And so with my mentor, I really had to work through this in retrospect recently. Because I couldn't figure out what the divide was between me and God and my faith in him. And so in that time, 
after that, mind you, your girl's in college now. She grew up a PK and now she has freedom to do what she wants to do. She did what she wanted to do. Okay. She did what she wanted to do. She lived the college experience. I was living my best life in college. You know, I worked through school. I worked at a bar at that. So I was, I was living the college experience, doing things that I always saw people having fun doing, but like was like, well, you know, I'll never be able to do that. I'm a Christian. So. And so it was very like, you know, young. I feel like it's easy to get set in stone what you should do, what you can't do, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't until I got older and experienced God's love that he's just keeping you from things that are keeping you away from him. God's priority is not you not drinking, not you not having sex. God's priority is bringing you out of the mindset or out of the heart place that feels like you need that stuff to be fulfilled. And I had to learn that the hard way. To learn that, you have to experience that and live like that. And I did for very many years. So when I was about 25 years old, I started having panic attacks really bad at work. I've had to leave work before and I was having them at home. I couldn't sleep. I never slept. I would have to drink to sleep and I was tormented mentally for a long time. And I believe that the enemy took advantage of the fact that I was already mad at God plenty of times. So I never not believed in God, but I definitely was doubting him for years. And so it affected how I spent time with them, right? You're not praying every day. And I realized by not thanking God every day, by not being grateful every day, it's easy to lose sight of how good life actually is for you. Not practicing gratitude every day affects your peace because then you're always chasing the next or trying to move forward or going somewhere else or being somewhere else or being someone else or whatever the case may be. But if you're not grateful for where you are and who you are, where you come from, then you lose that perspective and your power comes from who you are and what you've been through. And I learned that in full adulthood, right? But in living a life where you're constantly trying to numb in living a life where you're searching for a savior, you're searching for wholeness, you're searching for peace, you're searching for joy in all the wrong things, you are empty and giving from an empty cup, you are depleted, yet telling everybody around you that everything is fine. You believe it because you have to. You believe it to survive. And that's how I was living for many, many years seeking something to give me solace, seeking something to make me feel desired, wanted, needed, validated, feel loved, to feel peace, to feel joy. And so that happens with us women, especially we seek to find our savior. We seek to find wholeness. We seek to find validation in men, in relationships. And so there is a full-blown chapter, sis. I go into detail about relationship idol. Because many of us are in relationships we have no business being in, relationships we put ourselves in because we were searching for that love. And because that person hasn't left you, you think it's him and it's not. This person is not good for you. This person doesn't push you forward. You're comfortable. And so you stay. And you're looking for something. And so you stay. This person's presence being there alone, and that is called codependency, which I go into in the book, is 
you're the girly who give, give, gives in a relationship and the guy's always the one who screws you over. And so you're always like, well, I'm always the one that's heartbroken. When really you have no business giving, giving, giving to a person and expecting something back that they're incapable of giving. And until you're able to love from a whole place, until you're able to love with God's love, you won't be in a relationship that is healthy and fulfilling for your life. You won't have the love that you desire. And I learned this very late in life, but I'm so glad and I'm so grateful. And I'm so glad to be in a place where I can be grateful to God for not allowing me to marry or match with somebody in a time where I was searching for a savior in a man and not in him. I was seeking wholeness and validation and identity in a man and not him. And so what brought me to God, child, the recommitting was a bad breakup, an awful breakup. And I think many times we have experienced heartbreak as women and we've all had that, you know, I can't eat, can't sleep, that anxious feeling. You're checking your phone and everything. But because I had made this person like my world, I made plans with them in my head already. You know, I made this person higher in my life than God. If I didn't pray or spend time with God, I didn't feel any type of way. But if I didn't talk to this person at all for five minutes, it's a problem. That is a relationship idol. A relationship idol is when you put anything above your relationship with God. Any person above your relationship with God. And it can be not romantic. But for us women, most of us, it is a romantic person. Because we grew up watching Disney. And so we think this Prince Charming is going to come save us. And so because of that, we are invested in finding that. It's like we are raised to find that. Men are raised to be ambitious and motivated and, and go and do their thing. We are raised to seek marriage, to have babies. And some of us, yes, will have a career, do all that and die. And it's like there's so much more to life and there's so much more to the plan God has for our lives, right? And so for me, I was, I was empty when this person left the way they did. and. I was crying on my bathroom floor, babe. This is how bad it was. I knew that what I actually was mourning was the fact that I felt like I lost who I was, my identity, feeling loved. I thought he was my shot at being loved and having what I desired for all my life. When really... God had been choosing me from day one. God chose me since the beginning of time. God's love has been gracious to me in all my mess. Because look at where I'm at now. I'm alive. Okay, that alone <laughs> is grace at its best moment. Because I was a mess, child. I was not careful. I made bad decisions. Okay, when I tell you your girl had a college experience, I'm not joking. And so understanding God's grace came from all the years I spent away from him. And so I think the revelation of grace and, and his love for me, despite me not paying him any mind, is what brings me to him every day. And until we hit that revelation, we can't start. They say the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. We can't even begin a full whole relationship with God until we're to the place where we know we need him, where we are vulnerable with him where we can address beef we've had with him. Look how David talked in Psalms. I tell y'all that all the time. He is completely vulnerable. 
And most of us have been faking a life for so long. We can't even be vulnerable with God and tell him the truth. And we can't be vulnerable with ourselves and be self-aware enough to know what is the truth. So you really have convinced yourself that you are okay that you have never been through anything that's caused you to need therapy. You're convincing yourself that you haven't put your whole life into a man that you have no business being with. You have convinced yourself of truths that are lies. Because you've spent so long trying to be the strong girl, so long trying to look like you don't need help. And now that you are not enough for you, he is not enough for you. God can now come in and show you, hey, I'm what you're looking for. And so that's the place I reached. God's like, it's me you're looking for. That song, it's me you're looking for. And I knew it. And I heard it so clear, girl, in that moment. And for weeks after that, I felt like, you know how like a wound that's healing is like tender, like it's sore to the touch? My whole body, my mind, my heart, my spirit felt like that, tender. It was like a hard reset. And I had to just like come back to him. And I was so sorry. And I was so, I missed him. I was really just trying to find myself. I'm like, God, who am I? Because I grew up with you and then I ran from you. So now who am I? God will pick you up and tell you you're still who I've called you to be. I called you to be that before you even came to this earth. You're still that woman and you still can be her. And oftentimes shame and guilt tries to overwhelm us and make us think we can't be who God called us to be because of our sinful past. But guess what? You still gonna sin, baby. We're not perfect. We live in a fallen world. But that revelation of God's grace, that revelation of God's love, that's what heals you and keeps you from doing things. I do not want to live like that anymore because what was in it for me, sis? The enemy tried to make me think that's where my peace was. What was in it for me? But heartbreak, trauma, pain, relationships I had no business being in, wasted time. What was in it for me to drink myself to sleep? What was in it for me to be with someone, live with someone that I wasn't married to, playing wife to? What was in it for me? And and so we look at sin like, oh, doesn't want us to do this. God doesn't want to. No, 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 no. I had no business attaching to a man that's not going to be my husband. And he knew that wasn't my husband, right? We have no business attaching to men who we're never going to talk to again. But then we have the girly like me who went relationship to relationship to relationship because you can't be alone. And you're searching for identity. You're searching for someone to love you and make you feel whole. Well, really, you're whole by yourself with God. In the journey of singleness, when God is isolating you, is to get you by yourself and wean you from the things you once tried to find him in. So you have a, a smoking problem or you have a drinking problem or you're having sex before you're married or you're on drugs, whatever it is. I'm not judging you, sis. I've tried it all, okay? He's trying to wean you from what you went to for comfort because he's the one who gives that comfort to you. He's not telling you not to sin because he's a rule book. He's telling you not to sin because you're not going to find what you're looking for there. And he wants to give it to you for real. So if you stop looking at sin like, oh, I'm, I'm a sinner. I can't come, which is how I looked at myself. Like, well, why would I even come to God? I like to do all these things. So why come to God? You're not going to find what you're looking for there. And the enemy will make you think you found it temporarily over and over again so that you stay in the same loop, the same circle. So this book, 
I have prayers in it, sis, to help you. I have prayers in it to help cover your relationships, your future, your singleness now, your future husband. Because what you really do desire is marriage. I tell my girls this all the time. For years, I told people I don't want to be married. That was a lie. I always want to be married. But I convinced myself that I didn't even want to be married because I've been hurt so many times. I didn't want to try again. Or it felt like I will never find somebody. So I convinced myself. I had to really sit myself down and be like, who are you? Do you even know? And until you start bringing the real you to God, the real you, the one that you're ashamed of. You ever have those um, moments where you're in the shower and you're like, get a flashback. You're like, that was me. Yeah, that you. He loves that you. He's called that you. He's brought that you out of every trial that has ever tried to harm you or stop you. He has not allowed any weapon to prosper against you. He has always provided for your needs, even when you weren't worried about him. Because he loves you and he has a plan for your life. And your healing, your testimony is going to bring so many others out. And so the top lessons God taught me was, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And a lot of pastors preach that sermon or a lot of people talk about that as a sermon of what you'll get. But the biggest revelation God gave me is the blessing of peace. I can lay my head down and go to sleep. Y'all don't even understand the blessing in that. When you have tormentous thoughts and nights and anxiety and trying to fill wounds. I have lost so many family members and my closest friends know exactly what I've been through. Maybe I'll go through this with y'all. But my family has been through so much. In the past like five years, we have lost so many people. We have people in our family who are in the real life struggle, but God has kept me. God has been faithful to me and God is faithful to them because I pray for them every day and keeps the ones who are here, right? And he keeps us together. He keeps us loving each other, but I have been through a lot of things, relationally, family-wise, all the things, but God keeps me. And every time something bad what happened to me. I never looked for a lesson. I never looked for my faith to be increased. I just looked at, well, this makes sense because my life has just gone to hell. Like, oh, this is not shocking. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't expecting good things to happen to me. I wasn't expecting to actually pray to God and get things I prayed for. I wasn't expecting God to even accept me because I hadn't been living the way I thought I was supposed to be living just for him to love me. When really he loved me the whole time and he was watching me the whole time. And he's providing for me the whole time. And he was just waiting for me to be ready. Because God's a gentleman. He's not making you believe in him. That's why you allowed to do whatever you want. You have free will. His patience with me gives me the ability to have patience with others. The ability to have patience with myself. Which I'm still working on. That is the hardest part. I can have patience with others way better than I can have patience with myself. And so God took me on this journey of love realizing all these things will be added unto you and that's just not material things physical things but peace joy the fruits of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness grace gentleness and self-control experiencing peace without taking medication without drinking or having sex or having a person there that i thought could be the one y'all don't understand much of a blessing that is to me because every time something bad would happen to me, I would blame God or ignore him completely because I'm like, well, obviously you ain't even involved in my life. 
But now when I go through a trial, I realize there's a lesson to be taught. And I know I've been through all that stuff for a reason. It's only made me stronger. I don't regret anything that's ever happened to me. Nothing. Nothing is wasted with God. And I never took the time to heal. And to have the relationships, to have the business, to write a book, to have any sort of influence, you have to heal, babe. You have to give yourself time to heal. And so many of us are hurting from our past. We haven't let go of a lot of things, but so many of us still need to heal. Even women who are my mother's age are still going through things. They're still that 14-year-old girl. They're still ashamed of things they've done. They're still holding on to hurt and pain and unforgiveness. It holds us back from having full and whole relationships and being kind, good-hearted people who have God penetrating their heart so that we can show his light to others. So today, I just wanted to casually talk to y'all about my story. I wanted to let y'all know about my book and thank y'all for the ones who are, like, when I tell y'all my HPC girls are on it, y'all, I announced it in Bible study last Thursday because they were the first to find out. Of course, they get little exclusives, right? They bought this book, okay? It's been out for a couple days. <laughs> bought this book. They showed up and showed out. But I pray when I was writing it. I pray when I'm posting it. I pray in general that everyone who buys it finds the same healing, the same wholeness, the same love and light of God and experiences him in the way that I did when I was writing it, when I received the revelations in it, and that because of it, they have healthy whole relationships with not just like marriage. Yes, it's for women who desire marriage mainly. That's the target audience. But any woman who feels like she's been through hurt or trauma or is ashamed of things she's done or feels like she's not good enough or feels like she has no identity or feels lost in a relationship she's been in for years and knows she needs to get out but hasn't. It's for any woman who needs wholeness. There are prayers in here for you. There's journal prompts in here for you. And you go over it in the any amount of time you need. Self-study, right? We are going to be launching HPC's book club soon. And we will be talking about this first because it's such a big topic and it's such a beautiful thing to watch women acknowledge and see where they are so they can become healthy, whole in their mind, body, and spirit and prepared to be the kind-hearted woman that God has intended for her to be. Don't let hurt and pain keep you from doing the things God has called you to do. Don't let hurt and pain and shame keep you from receiving his love and love from other people. Don't let it keep you bitter or harboring unforgiveness in your life for people. Girl, I've literally had prayers to God. God, make me a nicer person. I'm not nice because I'm hurting. I'm miserable. I'm in pain emotionally and mentally. Please make me a better person. Make me a nicer person. And if you can relate to that in any way, anything I've spoken about, this book is for you. And I pray you find what you need in here. I, I pray you pray before you read it, connect to it. And I pray that the messages that you need to have healthier whole relationship with yourself, with others, and with God is done so through this. So I just want to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you asking that every woman that purchases my book and every woman under the sound of my voice receives the healing that was in this episode. Father God, you have seen our hearts. You have seen our minds. You have seen our spirits. You know what we have been through and none of it was an accident. I pray you draw us nearer to you. I pray you give us peace and joy and wholeness. I pray that you give us all the promises that you have stored up for us. I thank you for your love and I pray that the woman that hears me right now receives your love. I pray she receives your healing. 
I pray she receives your forgiveness, your peace, and comfort that you give. Lord, I pray that her relationship with you is strengthened from this day forward. From now on, Lord, she will be kinder. From now on, Lord, she will be healed. From now on, she will give you that pain in exchange for the purpose you have for her life. And oh God, bless those, Lord, who are supporting me and who hear me and who come every week. I pray you bless them so fully and so recognizably that they are completely changed by your work in their lives. I thank you for their lives and I thank you for the work you've done through me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so get your copy. It's on Amazon. The link is in the description. I love you all so much. And I pray that this helps you and that you find some healing and connect to your girl through some revelations that God's given me. I hope you have a great week. Love you all. Bye.